0: Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Friday, December 13th. I'm Mark Filipino, and this is the UK election special edition of your FT News Briefing. Let's get right to it. Voters in the UK turned out at the polls on Thursday and decisively chose against a Labour Party led Britain. The Conservatives were on track to win a significant majority in Parliament at the time of recording.
1: It does look as though this one-nation conservative government has been given a powerful new mandate
2: to get Brexit done.
0: That was conservative party leader Boris Johnson early this morning. The FT Sebastian Payne has been on the campaign trail from the very start. Hi, Seb. Hey, Mark. Seb, with the Conservatives' sweeping win, what does this mean for Brexit.
1: Well, it means Brexit is certainly going to happen now because when Boris Johnson called this election, there was a question about whether Remainers in the UK would find their voice and whether a hung parliament would ensue and potentially a second referendum. That has been Firmly rejected by the British electorate now, with Boris Johnson on course for a big majority, the biggest the Conservatives have had in three decades since Margaret Thatcher was in power. So we can now expect Brexit to happen on January the 31st. But of course, what happens on the other side in terms of a new trade deal, we still don't know.
0: There's really no way around it. Labour had a really bad night. What went wrong and where does the party go from here?
1: It was an absolutely horrific night for the Labour Party. It seems to be a factor of two things based on my travels around the country. First of all was Brexit, that in areas that traditionally have voted Labour and have done so for decades, they are pro-Leave. And Mr Corbyn's position of a second referendum went down really badly there. But the second thing was Jeremy Corbyn himself, that the personality and the policies of the Labour leader just really were quite unpopular. And I think that A lot of people warned Labour about this. They didn't do anything about it. They backed this general election. And we've seen Mr Corbyn announce he is going to stand down as leader at some point in the near future. The question now is what happens to Corbynism? Do his policies and politics continue? Or does the party try and make a clean break and potentially tack back towards the centre left?
0: One of the winners was the Scottish National Party. They were on track to win 55 out of the 59 seats north of the border but this party is largely at odds with Mr. Johnson. Seb, what does this election mean for the unity of the country?
1: It does pose big questions about the future of the UK because England has clearly voted for the Conservatives and for Brexit and it appears that Scotland has voted very clearly for uh, remaining in the EU EU, and against the UK. So the prospect of a second independence referendum in Scotland is very much on the cards now. Now, Mr Johnson has said he won't allow that to happen. Whether that is sustainable throughout the next five years is a very big question. The next point for that will be the 2021 Holyrood elections for the Scottish Parliament. And if the SNP win a commanding majority then, then they will have a... Further push towards a second referendum for succession from the UK. But clearly this idea that the whole UK, the whole of Britain feels the same way about its politics has been destroyed by tonight. So unionists are feeling a bit downbeat about the prospect. But of course, once the whole UK has left the EU, things could change quite rapidly.
0: Okay. And going back to Mr. Johnson, he has all this flexibility to steer Brexit on his terms. What could this look like? Could it look like what's being called a soft Brexit? We certainly
1: could, because so far, Mr Johnson has been steered by hardline Eurosceptics in his party, the so-called European research group of hardline Brexiters who want to have a clean break with the EU. Now he's on course to get a big majority. He could, in theory, pivot to more towards the centre ground and have a softer Brexit that would protect the economy and trading relations with the EU. But the fact is, we just don't really know. It's going to be about what Mr Johnson himself personally wants, because Because by winning such a commanding majority, he's now fully in charge of his party. There's going to be a lot of new MPs who are very grateful to him for for winning their seats in the first place. So once we've left the EU on January 31st, then the conversation goes to the future trade deal. And then we'll get a sense of what Brexit is really going to look like.
0: Over in Brussels, EU leaders were finishing up the first of a two-day summit just as Boris Johnson's sweeping victory became clear. Our Brussels bureau chief, Sam Fleming, has more on the EU reaction.
2: I think the overall reaction was one of relief. I mean, let's remember that ever since the referendum result, the EU has had a huge amount of its time consumed by these complex negotiations with the UK, repeated U-turns, parliamentary defeats, setbacks, and all the rest of it in the UK, which have made this complex, to put it politely. The prospect of clarity now is something that EU ministers were very quickly highlighting once the initial exit polls came out late Thursday into Friday morning, saying that really the prospect now of a smooth passage of the withdrawal agreement within the UK parliament ought to herald Brexit by the end of January and therefore a move into the negotiations which need to ensue over the uh, following months leading up to the end of 2020 deadline, of course, if that deadline isn't extended. So broadly, I'd say relief, obviously mixed up also with some regrets that we heard from some of the ministers and diplomats we spoke to. It is fair to say that although Brexit has been enormously distracting, there are few EU leaders who really welcome the idea of losing the UK as a major partner and player in the European Union.
0: Sam, how will this be taken up at the summit today?
2: Well, I think what we'll see is the EU leaders uh, taking note of the results, discussing the immediate implications, the moves towards ratification and passage. It also has to go through the European Parliament and then beginning to look towards the negotiations which follow. Now, here's where it gets much more complicated because this is a discussion in an extremely curtailed space of time. The UK and the EU do not have much time to strike the kind of a trade agreement that they're aiming to do so, given the 12-month window next year. So the EU needs to turn its attention to beginning to prepare the mandate that it uses, it gives to its negotiators in their discussions with the EU, EU make sure that all the EU member states' uh, views are reflected in that mandate, and that it can agree that mandate and move quickly into discussions with the UK after the withdrawal agreement takes effect.
0: Our live updates on the fallout of the election are free to read today. Just go to ft.com forward slash UK election. And here are the rest of today's headlines. Yesterday was a brutal day of debate in the US Congress. Republicans and Democrats on the Judiciary Committee spent 13 hours discussing amendments to two articles of impeachment against Donald Trump, obstruction of Congress, and abusing the power of the presidency. Throughout the debate, members of Congress took personal shots at each other, including a dig at one congressman's drunk driving history. And in the end, after much acrimony, the long-anticipated vote to advance these two articles to the House floor was postponed and is expected to be held today. Among the American public, opinion on the inquiry into impeachment remains very split, according to the latest polls. Meanwhile, the White House was closing in on a limited trade deal with Beijing on Thursday night. Now, you might be saying, I think I've heard this one before. But sources told the FT that the White House position was that U.S. and China were getting close to an agreement, one that would reduce the tariffs that have weighed on both economies for more than a year. A truce has been months in the making. Talks accelerated this week when the White House offered to roll back a chunk of its tariffs on Chinese goods. The U.S. also got ready to walk back its threat of new tariffs that were going to take effect this Sunday. In exchange, Beijing committed to large annual purchases of farm goods. And it made a few pledges related to how it handles intellectual property and currency. But as another source familiar with the talks told our reporters, the U.S. has been close to reaching a deal before, only to see it collapse at the last minute. If agreed, this deal would be far from the comprehensive pact Donald Trump has promised since he initiated the trade dispute last year. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Amy Keene and me, Mark Filipino. Our editor is Amelia Mahasik. We also had help from Gavin Kalman and Michael Bruning. Visit
1: bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.